Girlwise is a safe space to learn and discuss all kinds of topics through anecdotes and evidence-based research. I'm your host, Brenda Nicole, and welcome to Girlwise. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Girlwise. In the last episode, I give you guys the complete rundown of the biggest red flags. But I did notice that when we focus a lot on what to turn away from, it can be difficult to know what signs we should want from a romantic relationship. Green flags in relationships refer to positive and healthy behaviors and characteristics that indicate a strong and supportive partnership. Some examples include effective communication, of course, mutual respect, honesty, trust, support, etc. And yes, these are very obvious. They're a way to know if the relationship has longevity and will be healthy by adding to your life instead of chipping away at your spirit like a bad relationship can. Relationships can make or break a person, so being able to recognize positive behaviors is very important. The earlier this happens, the easier everything will go, but it's never too late to become aware of what is happening in your relationships. It would be very easy to say that the green flags you should be looking for are just the opposite of the red flags we discussed, but instead, I'm going to give you specific examples of what good behavior looks like from another person. It's also important to note that green flags don't necessarily negate red flags. They can exhibit some of the behaviors I'm going to list and still be a lousy partner, So if you haven't already, listen to the last episode to find a balance between recognizing red flags and appreciating green flags. Hey everyone! Before we begin, I wanted to give a clear and important disclaimer to ensure that listeners understand the limitations of the advice given on this podcast. I am not a professional or expert on the topics being discussed, and you should always use your own judgment when it comes to where you stand on a subject and making decisions. While I do my best to direct you in what I think is the right direction, it is always wise to consult with a qualified professional when seeking advice on a particular issue. References will be in the show notes so you can take a look at the places I'm getting my information from as well. You know your own story and situation better than anyone else, so do what is best for you always. Thank you so much and enjoy this episode. The first one that I'm going to mention is shared values and goals. Of course, this sounds obvious, but man, your values are something that you develop over time due to life experience. Determining what is important to you is vital for pursuing a long-term relationship, if that's what you want. It is indispensable for you to know who you are and what you stand for instead of looking for a relationship to answer those questions for you. When I was younger, I used to completely make myself disappear in order to cater to whatever my boyfriend wanted or was interested in. This is unfortunately something that has been taught to girls so that we're more of an accessory to men rather than an entire human being who has morals and beliefs of their own. As I grew up and learned more about partnerships, I understood that a lot of the problems that I was having in these relationships was that I began to hold resentment towards these people because compromising who I was was making me feel terrible inside. Though it was my decision to, for example, 
think of myself as not like the other girls and pretend that I was okay with his misogynist comments so that he would like me. Eventually, my own values could no longer handle these types of behaviors and I would begin to lash out on him and myself. I hope I'm explaining this correctly because I think it's very common and an overlooked problem, especially in younger girls. I would shapeshift my personality, likes and dislikes, wants for the future, and morals so that the person I was interested in would think that we were a match. Through societal pressure, I just assumed I wasn't enough. Eventually, I thankfully had an epiphany and realized that finding people who could actually like me for me was a possibility, not just because I was enough and worthy of love, but because there are people out there that can match my personality. What? Not in the sense of the roles being reversed and them doing the same thing that I was doing, but instead because there are people out there that share my own values and goals. I was so lost in the idea that men were just primal and couldn't handle basic ideas of respect and equity and that I was just going to have to put up with them. But then being enlightened to the fact that no, not only do they actually exist, but I also have the right to be in a relationship where my ideas, wants, needs, likes and dislikes, and everything else that comes with being me cannot just be respected, but treasured and loved. The Oxford Dictionary defines integrity as, quote, the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, end quote. Because both of these things are subjective, you must find someone that matches your ideas to both. It's the fair and just thing to do for both parties. This covers all fronts from political views, life goals, children and their education, religion, marriage, finances, and everything in between. These are the foundations for our relationship. If you overlook major differences in mental compatibility, you will be building on top of sinkholes and it will lead to disagreements and failure down the line. So yes, if these people share your values and goals, it is a very important, almost necessary green flag. Up next, we have emotional intelligence. Uh, another seemingly obvious one, but man, the bar is on the ground, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's in our best interest to stop overlooking lack of emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence can be demonstrated in an array of different ways, but here are a few solid examples. Number one, they validate your feelings. This is a sign of true caring from the other person. All of this builds trust and ensures a safe environment to share your feelings and helps you feel supported. It demonstrates empathy, and that is one of the biggest green flags within people. Feeling heard and understood is one of the main components of a happy relationship. Now, while it's not fair to put our responsibility of self-validation onto others, it is important for a partner to hear your emotions and take them into account. Also, validating feelings does not mean that they have to agree with everything that you feel. Number two is that they respect your boundaries. 
we had an entire episode all about boundaries, if you want to check that out. And this, to me at least, is a make or break moment. In the episode, I made a statement that boundaries are the ultimate sign of love and respect for your relationships, and I wholeheartedly believe that. They're a way of establishing what you're comfortable with and what you're not. A person that respects boundaries does not ever push them, tease you for having them, or become angry when you try to establish them or do anything of the sort. If anything, I have had relationships where the person feels more connected to me because of it. It signifies that I trust them enough to let them know what we can do to strengthen our relationships. So yes, they should respect them full stop. Huge green flag. They also openly express their feelings in a healthy manner. Mind reading is a dead-end street. This is something that expresses true elevated emotional intelligence because gaining the skill is hard. I'm still working on this, especially when you've grown up in a household where your emotions were chronically suppressed. It can be really difficult getting to that point. Regardless, the act of being able to recognize your own feelings, name them, and also name the triggers for them well enough to communicate is, I mean, low-key astonishing. So all of these points represent emotional intelligence, something that is very important to have in all of our relationships, especially romantic ones, because all of the fallout from lack of emotional intelligence and emotional outbursts mainly falls onto romantic partners, and we don't want to pick up the pieces. My next green flag to share with you guys is they respect everyone. Respect is a two-way street. Showing respect towards people when they have nothing to gain from them is the bare minimum, and yet there are so many people who even fail to do this. Entitlement is an awful quality to have. When someone shows that they have empathy, grace, and kindness in the form of respect towards everyone they come across, regardless of social class, appearance, or even people with different perspectives, it is an amazing reflection of who they are as a person. Through small acts of compassion, they can demonstrate that they care about others just because they deserve respect as a person. Treating others well can inform you of how they will also treat you, and if they're consistent on respect, then it shows that they will most likely also show that behavior towards you. The next green flag is it is clear that you are a priority to them. This shows a real investment into the relationship. Being taken into consideration is one of the most basic ways that you can show respect both emotionally and physically. They understand that your feelings are valid and important. They take your needs seriously. They're attentive to your wants. They honor your experience which is uh, like such a big one for me because people gaslighting me out of my own life experiences has been a really, really bad common trend with my previous relationships. They show that they care with their actions. You feel valued. They include you, whether that be in plans with family, friends, or anyone else. Being involved in other areas of their life creates connectedness and helps integrate you into it. 
It can help demonstrate that you are significant in their life. To me, including a partner in my life is a no-brainer. I mean, if I love and respect this person, why wouldn't I want to share the things that make me happy with them? I think it's very true that if they wanted to, they would. The next green flag is they speak highly about others behind their backs and vice versa. It's very important to pay attention to how well the other relationships in their life are doing based on how they speak about them. To speak well behind others' backs is a massive green flag, and it's probably my all-time favorite because they show that they're genuinely happy for others and their success. They mean what they say to their face. They know that if they have a problem, then communicating in person is much more constructive than ranting about them in private. It shows that their relationships are actually healthy and not just for show. True feelings come out when speaking about people who are not present. And if those feelings are of real support, happiness, and generosity towards others, then it shows amazing character. Like chef's kiss. And I think my number one, like most important green flag is that they're consistent and have stability. The number one thing that relationships should cultivate, and I say this over and over again, is safety and security. Showing the same kindness, whether you need to cancel plans or you're going on a date, is important and goes a very long way. They show up when you need them to, not just when it's convenient for them. They take responsibility when they need to because they have a strong moral compass. They comfort you when you need it. They're reliable. When they say that they're going to do it, they do it. How amazing is that? I'm literally like falling in love with this fake man that has all of these things. They keep the lines of communication open. This shows integrity in a person and wanting to put their best foot forward when it comes to how they treat you. Relationships require effort and they're not afraid of putting it in because it means loving you and you deserve to be loved. With all of this being said, no one is perfect and people may sometimes deal with frustration, sadness, or other grievances where they're not going to show the very best of their character and that's okay. We all have had our moments where we didn't make the best decision or we just snap from being overwhelmed. It doesn't make us bad people. But we should choose to be with people who want to do right instead of looking for justifications on why it's okay to be inconsiderate, mean, or cruel like saying it's not that big a deal or you're overreacting. It's also important to note that looking for these things while not possessing them yourself is unfair. You cannot expect things from a partner in a relationship that you won't be able to provide for them. If you want a partner to view you as an equal mentally, then you also have to provide qualities that can match what they're providing for you. If you want someone to help you feel safe, loved, respected, and cherished, then you must be willing to do the same. But don't worry if you don't know how to get there quite yet because that's what this podcast is all about. So in a perfect world, your partner will showcase all of these conducts, but even if they don't, our relationships should be working towards it. You should always communicate your wants and needs to your partner. Safety, security, and respect are all needs that should be met. Also, 
Very quickly, I wanted to talk about beige flags, which has been trending all over the internet right now. And if you don't know what they are, they're not like, they're supposed to be the in-between where it's a quality that you notice about a person, but you don't really know if it's like something good or something bad because it might make you feel uncomfortable, but there's nothing like truly quote unquote wrong with it. And I actually disagree with this. I don't think beige flags exist. I think that it's maybe a little bit of lack of self-awareness because we can recognize that it's making us feel what a lot of people describe as the ick, which is, you know, it's a feeling of uncomfortableness. You notice it. It's something that makes you feel a little uneasy. But but with that being said, not being able to recognize what those feelings are or pinpoint maybe what is causing them, whether it's actually something that's wrong with them or maybe it's a projection of your own insecurities is kind of maybe not the healthiest place to look at these things. So I'm going to read a few examples that I have here. Like the most, one of the biggest ones is that he sets timers instead of alarms. (laughs) Another one is he hasn't watched most of the movie classics. Titanic, nope. Star Wars, nope. Um, This one says he's scarily good at gaslighting people about small things. Okay, so this is a really good one. The other ones, it could be like, okay, maybe like let's say the alarm one yeah that it's something that I wouldn't do and it doesn't really make sense but if it works for you that's okay and I can recognize that maybe it's something that I need to work through to let others do things the way that they can help because like this is this could be something that maybe a neurodivergent person would like to do and it makes them feel more comfortable but because it's something that's outside of social norms it can make you feel a bit uneasy and can be and you can recognize by saying okay you know it's okay to let people do things the way that they need to do things when it doesn't really hurt anyone but this gaslighting thing I don't think is a beige flag and I do think that sometimes it can be a lack of self-awareness of not knowing whether it's something that we're projecting onto the other person like the alarm things or not being able to recognize that this is a red flag gaslighting people about quote-unquote small things is not okay and it is a red flag because those things add up and so when we talk about beige flags it really needs to come down to is this a production of my own um kind of social icks of like you know that's not very socially or culturally widespread but it's okay or maybe That is actually a red flag that I don't want to come to terms with. And clearly I'm ranting at this point and that's why I like to jot down the points that I want to make because then I can just go on and on and I kind of go in circles, but I hope that makes sense. They, They need to, they need a little bit more thought rather than just being like, oh, that's so funny. Haha, he sometimes gaslights people like the base flag, like no. We, we do need to put a little bit more thought being like, is this actually a good thing or is this just something that's in my head? It's time for Ask Me Anything, you guys. Today's question comes from me because I have questions too. Hello. I have been watching a lot of Jurassic Park, the reruns that have been on Netflix. 
So I've had dinosaurs on my mind a lot recently and I begin to wonder what would the dinosaurs look like today if they hadn't been hit by the Shikshalub impactor, which was the name of the asteroid that supposedly hit the Earth 66 million years ago and wiped out the dinosaurs. Now, I say supposedly because while I was studying this or researching for this question, I actually found out that while the asteroid is the most widely accepted theory for the extinction of our beloved dinos, there is another proposed theory that includes massive volcanic eruptions near India. So yes, an asteroid did hit the Earth. There is a gigantic crater in the Yucatan Peninsula. But we don't know if that's specifically what caused the extinction or the volcanoes that were in India that erupted and sent um, a whole bunch of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere or maybe both. And while why they're gone isn't necessary to answer this question, I did think it was important to bring it up. But I wanted to know if science has ever thought about what the dinosaurs would be in like an alternate universe where this event didn't happen. And while we know that dinosaurs lived more time on Earth than the time that has passed without them after their extinction. Through all the understanding of dinosaurs that we have, we can assume that today they would have looked almost exactly the same. Yeah, not the most enticing answer, but the way uh, evolution works is if it's not broken, why fix it? We could presume that they might have had slightly larger brains, but they wouldn't be anything significantly different than what they were all those years ago, assuming that nothing really changed in their environment. Mammals, on the other hand, did show a lot more potential for different branches of what they could have turned into, but even for humans to be created through the hands of evolution, there had to be the perfect circumstances and insane amounts of luck for it to happen. And after reading all of that, I did have a kind of stare into space moment to consider how improbable our existence is. And it was just a little too scary to think about. It's crazy. But you guys, I think this has been one of the longest episodes that I've recorded. So that will be all for this week's Girlwise. If you want to send a question for Ask Me Anything, like the title states, you can ask me absolutely anything that you would like me to answer and that is by sending an email to girlwisepod at gmail.com that is g-i-r-l-w-i-s-e-p-o-d at gmail.com don't forget to subscribe rate and review this podcast it helps me out a ton i am a one-woman production so if you'd like to help out that'd be amazing thank you so much for listening i'll catch you in the next episode bye